0: Welcome back to MHTV. We've had a bit of a break over summer, but we're back for our 100th episode. Um, As you can see, I'm in the car um, at some services in Birmingham. Being a mental health nurse, I'm flexible about where I can find space to work. So if my signal does go, um, bear with me. But um, I'll hand you over to my colleague, Nikki, and then we'll come back to tell you about tonight's event. Okay, Nikki, over to you.
1: Absolutely. If you want to join in tonight with our fantastic guests, um, we're going to be talking about heavy metal therapy, which is a really exciting subject. Um, If you want to join in on Twitter, just use the hashtag MHTV. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, thank you very much. Hello everybody. Um, And if you just pop your questions in um, or any comments you've got, I'll feed them back to the to the group. So thank you very much for
0: joining us. And we look forward to having a really interesting discussion. Vanessa? Yeah, Thank you. So I'm going to hand over to um, our guests, Angela and Kate, first of all, to introduce themselves. And then we'll get down to talking about heavy metal therapy. So Angela, um, over to you, first of all.
2: Oh, no pressure. Me first, then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're on my screen first. So in no particular order.
2: I'm going to change my first name. It's not fair. I feel I'm biased in terms of Zoom. It's always like, and you're first. Anyway. Um, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Angela Glaves. I am. Um, I'm, I'm a mental health nurse. I'm a lecturer. I'm a metalhead. Those are in <laughs> no particular order. Um, yeah, that's Definitely. me. It's nice to be invited along. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. Thank you. Thanks for being here.
3: And then um, Kate, over to you. Yeah. Hiya, yes. um, my name is Kate, Kate Quinn. Uh, I'm a clinical psychologist by trade, uh, work in the NHS most of the time, um, also a metal enthusiast uh, and a co-director along with Angela and a couple of other people of uh, heavy metal therapy.
0: Brilliant. So, yeah, obvious, the obvious question is what's heavy metal therapy and how did you get into it?
2: Oh, I'll let Kate take this one. Okay. <laughs>
3: Gone. On, go on, not bossy. Um, yeah, they're like. Angela likes to call me not boss because I don't like being called the boss. So she's not boss. <laughs>
2: I'm head roadie. She's not boss. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, we, actually, we all have stupid nicknames, but anyway, that's we like that. that. That's <laughs> um, yeah. So the first thing is uh, to say is that I probably probably shouldn't have called it therapy because it's not like therapy in the sense of um, you know, like one to one counselling, talking to yeah. um, talking to somebody type of therapy. Um, really, it's it's a community psychology project, and it's all about the um, the therapeutics of engagement with extreme music and that scene you know like the heavy metal scene yeah. um so it, it's quite kind of peer support orientated really so it's kind of like uh, people who are metal enthusiasts um and have a relationship to mental health somehow you know we, we share really ideas about um how the music might impact on people's well-being you know in a helpful in a helpful way um, so it's kind of like bit like a library in some ways so we've got things like recovery stories uh playlists blogs uh we have an engagement with research but it's anything really to do with heavy metal and mental health
0: yeah so and how would how do people get involved in it
3: you say it's a community initiative so yeah so we've we've always linked into social media uh initially we started off just being social media and then decided to put everything on a website as well so it's like yeah it's got a bit more of that kind of library or resource kind of uh, feel um so so the,
2: on, it was just more organized because the facebook page kind of got you'd lose things on the feed that people would give us in terms of stories so Kate yeah. made a uh, website so we can you know tab things across and you can you know search for hmm. different different areas and stuff that we've got it's just easier.
0: yeah so it's mainly social media do you have physical meetups as well we do masters. now yeah <laughs> we, didn't,
3: we didn't start off like that so so just in I, lockdown or did you start just before lockdown. so we're about we're yeah. about four years old but um I mean I thought at first that this was like really well niche so like um mm. I can remember um so me and Angela we used to work in the same building we've never actually worked in the same team but um we clocked each other at a slipknot gig <laughs> <like> <laughs> several years several years ago um and you know you <laughs> spot a fellow you spot a fellow metalhead and you're like okay um we had a yeah, chat about it afterwards yeah um so mm. when i sort of was starting to think about having metal therapy i contacted angela and said oh you know i'm thinking about setting up this really like a little facebook page um, yeah. so that's what we wanted it like wanted it to be to start with um and i can understand you know if we can get hundred people to like this facebook page will it will have been a success so we really started off with thinking that it was something that was quite niche thinking it was just you know maybe sharing a few quotes people interacting with each other a little bit on social media um but sort of didn't expect it really to kind of touch the lives of as many people as it as it has like now um so we never thought about physical meetups or anything like that to start with and now um you know like we we sometimes have a presence at festivals or we might have a stall somewhere you know metal events Um, we might arrange meetups with you know people say you know if anyone from the community is at whatever festival you know we'll have a little bit of a meet up there so it is now like that but it certainly didn't start off
0: yeah that
3: way. yeah it sounds great i love the way it's developed
0: naturally like that and um it's great there's two women as well isn't it i think has there been um in terms of engagement has there been a sort of
3: gendered sort of uptake on it or would you say that it's kind of across the board yeah so i probably ought to say to be to be fair we have lots and lots of volunteers at health and of our we've got four directors now because we're a community company that's um, and of those of those four three of us are women so we are we yeah. have got a to- really? at least one token bloke Ben if you're out there <laughs> um and uh, but I, I suppose in terms of my clinical career I've spent a lot of my career really working with men and the um, yeah. like particular like angry young men let's say I suppose that's been mm-hmm. my sort of area of interest and I guess heavy metal as a uh, genre is generally pretty male heavy yeah you know, in terms of artists and fans and you know that's kind uh-huh. of well well established yeah. um so heavy metal is kind of quite into gender split tends to be a bit more male but then therapy tends to be a bit more female yeah yeah so we've got like a we have actually got pretty much a 50 50 split maybe slightly more men 50, about 55 percent men mm-hmm. that follow us um, yeah. but a lot of our contributors are men. Mm. Interestingly. So that's a bigger that is a bigger split is get more contributions from men and women. Yeah. 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 Nikki, do you want to think, so think
1: about heavy metal that particularly kind of unlocks people's ability to talk
2: about how they feel? Mm. Because it's, it's got lyrics and content that you don't usually get. She says making a sweeping statement about all other genres of music. Sorry, Sorry. music. Mm. You get things in metal that you don't, typically get in other genres, you get talked yeah. about in, in metal that you don't mm. find, you get, you know, the taboo things, you get stuff in, you know, like the Slipknot and the, you know, I hit voices and, you know, you, know. you get, you get things in it that I think people go, ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's either how I'm feeling or yeah, that's, that's kind of what's going on for me at the minute. And I think that kind of, that resonates quite a lot with people. Yeah. And plus, you know, if nothing else, it's really good to jump around and bang your head, you know, head banging about, and then mm. feel a little bit less—I don't know—angry or mm. a little bit. Yeah.
3: Depressed. I mean, there is something about the energy of it. I think you know, it is extreme, yeah. and yeah. that's kind—that's of, the appeal. That is the appeal of it. I think you know, mm. there's a
1: fearlessness about it. I think, which is what I find quite yeah. interesting. You know, not not afraid to make people uncomfortable sometimes, not afraid to go into territories that, you know, t- talking about kind of a suicide or sadness or anger that sometimes make people feel very uncomfortable. And I think as well, there's something around being distinct from other forms of music because of the way that you dress, the way that you look, the way that you sort of perform that love of that particular type of music. And, you know, it is a stigmatized music as well. Yeah. in some ways but there's something about when you're pushed to the margins it gives you more space sometimes
0: yeah
1: an identity and, and you know who's with you and you know who's not with you and that that's, I wonder if that sort of like you know was feeling like a family or a community or tribe or whatever it is actually is something that feeds
2: into it as well what do you guys think there's, there's been quite a lot of that in the the stories that people have been kind enough to share with us mm-hmm. that you know being almost like on the fringes of or outside
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: the usual kind of society is mm-hmm. quite comforting because they're with others who are also on the outside. So it's yeah nice to kind of be with a group of, of similar people that are going through maybe similar stuff or you know uh, very much um you know into the same kind of bands or there's, there's some kind of um common ground that you can mm-hmm. you know go and stand and, and chat with somebody about their band t-shirt you know that they mm-hmm. that you find quite easy to do in metal that you know maybe people wouldn't do if they were in another kind of social situation they wouldn't go over to somebody and start chatting to them about you know whatever mm. they got on that day so i think it's yeah. Quite community yeah. yeah i mean, I mean that's it does
3: come through in the research a little bit that that's one mm. of the things that people say about mm. the metal community it's quite you know they find it supportive and there's a lot of i suppose you think about like shared identity markers, you know, belonging and all that kind of stuff, that seems to be um important. Mm. In terms of if you think about the mechanisms of why something might be helpful for someone's well being, the, the the two things that come up around metal particular around emotional processing mm-hmm. and community. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? It's really interesting. Yeah, very um so I, I'm just gonna start off with I am a bit of a nerd so if I just go off like you know please go do right we like that. Um, Angela will be like, if it gets, to
2: yeah, myself. yeah. <laughs> Angela, because Angela just enables her. Angela's, know. Angela's got helmet in the corner. Angela's Angela's not particularly, you know, non-nerdy as it is. I'm not going to help. You. Not, <laughs>
3: Thanks for that clarification. You you know. I'm not going to help you rain, rain. Of us are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then tell them about that bit. Oh, sure. and we are. You know, as a community, we are pretty. We are a bunch of nerds, really. You know, there is a lot of, of stuff about nerds know, just engaging with that or something.
1: And the curse of the world is people without passion for anything. So I'm all for it. So
3: tell us about this. I'm happy to, you know, reclaim the the, the the idea of being a nerd. I don't think it's a bad thing. But anyway, I could get really into this. So just to, just to be aware of it. But, um, Like in the 90s or whatever, the people were really worried about heavy metal. As in, like, mm. um, you know, there was quite a bit of research about, um like, heavy metal and suicide. You know, I don't know, Satan worship. And if you play it backwards. And yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you know school shooting all kinds of all yeah. kinds of things to do with music taste and um essentially they were predominantly correlational studies so you know people who go on to do this you know that, let's say feel suicidal might like heavy metal or whatever and, and I guess probably pushed a little bit by certain political ideologies or mm. kind of the academic background of some of the people that were doing doing mm. this who let's say certainly weren't metal heads for example yeah. mm-hmm. um so it, it you know heavy metal comes with this real kind of negative connotation or it did you know in, in mm. um back in the day um so they've, they've explored that a bit more now and, and kind of thought about well what is going on with metal and um you know what is you know drawing people to it? why is there this this mm. um, narrative amongst metal fans that it's actually very helpful for them rather than than um a negative a negative thing mm. and um so more recent research sort of seems to suggest that those correlation rela- correlational studies were flawed in various ways, but particularly around things like direction of relationships. So, um, is it that people who have who listen to metal have mental health problems, or is it that people who perhaps are you know m- mentally vulnerable in some way, emotionally vulnerable in some way, or prone to to those kinds of? Mm- Yeah. Dressing experiences are drawn in some way to a particular kind of kind of music. Mm. And what
1: what it doesn't show is that if you listen to heavy metal, you will then become ill. That's not what. No. no, Some people say that, but it's not what the science shows at all. No. No. Mm.
3: So If you talk to um, the research that's been done on metal fans suggests that a lot of them use um, listening to music as a kind of uh, a way of processing emotions, particularly anger so um I mean we talk a lot about catharsis and the idea of catharsis but actually that you know it helps people to work through things and they're uh, let's say turning towards an experience rather than turning away from it and, and so much I mean a lot of people suggest that music is a great coping strategy but so much of that is about well essentially distraction yeah so yeah. when you talk about music as a coping strategy um yeah you're normally saying you know well if you listen to relaxing music you can turn off you know whatever it is that's going on in your head or somehow cancel it out so it's that very much that opposite action type idea which has its place so I'm not saying that that that's not good but I think with metal what you're doing is you're kind of turning turning towards some of those feelings a little bit
0: yeah
3: which is a different kind of emotional coping isn't it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely I wonder as well if it's a
1: music that seems to have its own kind of sense of power as well and I think maybe if you're feeling like you don't have power to be around, you know, the 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 noise, the the vibration, the the connection is something that's helpful for people. Mm.
3: Mm. Yeah, because it's so intense, you know. Mm. Mm. You know, it's, it's very very intense about it and yeah, and powerful yeah. and like I mean I a lot of people talk about going to gigs particularly as being like quite a, a coping strategy and mm. um You know, I've been there myself. And Joe Rundle has the idea of you know you're you're amongst like-minded people, and you're Mm. having this you know this experience. you can really get into it's really immersive, Mm. immersive experience. is kind of mindful, really, in a way. You know, Mm. absolutely. And I think there's something about heavy metal that sometimes is a little bit
1: akin to kind of dance culture, in that you have that really strong rhythm. That brings people Mm. together in a way that very few things that other things do. You know, really heavy drum beat is something that really pulls a crowd to one one beat, one heartbeat. And I think that Mm. makes not feel so alone sometimes.
0: Yeah. And there is a sense of community, isn't there? Like you talked about, like you know, it's not just about the music, it's about Mm. a way of dressing, a way of being, like Mm. you say, a way of expressing emotion. It's quite physical, isn't it, as well? Yeah.
2: So I
0: think all those elements
2: if you've ever seen a circle pit you'll um you'll 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 witness you know a load of people all all coordinated all kind of like no, nobody goes right okay so everybody in three two one it's not like you know kind of synchronized swimming kind of, but you'll just you'll just see loads of people just start and it's it's just the energy of it and the like it's just either you're in it and you're like just part of that energy or you stood on the side going oh look at all of that and mm. yeah I think the mm. community of you know people just you know kind of looking after each other while they're just you know thrashing around thrashing around and looking really angry and shoving other people at the same time as being quite happy inside and also being you know respectful of themselves and others if you've mm. ever fallen down in a pit you know like three people kind of hoik you back up mm. so, yeah there is yeah it's
0: interesting that um it's quite a sort of emotional experience and that we associate emotions with um mental illness and anger and yet people who go to football matches and chant and swear and scream that's not associated with um with mental illness is it generally so Mm -hmm. something interesting there just thinking about it I don't know what that's about but just strikes me maybe it's about the sort of subculture of it I don't know what do you think
2: I don't know. Maybe it sort of harks back to the thing that you know Kate was saying about like the the old research, and that was kind mm. of for whatever reason behind it focused on metal music, and that's kind of been you know then highlighted and was stuck in the media and stuff. So maybe that's kind of yeah,
0: just
2: being
1: mainstream because a lot of people will go to football matches, that, but there's something about metal which has a marginal identity.
3: Yeah, muscle culture. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Unfortunately still kind of examples of you do get like discrimination in some way circles against kind of that, you know, of subcultures and things like that. And we've, you mm. know, um we're big fans of the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, they sort of um, you know, have a lot of similar kind of aims and things like that. And um obviously that, you know, they've done loads of work around the idea of actually people experiencing hate crime. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm.
1: Well, I remember that was the Goth hate crime,
0: wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. And it's the same about the emo communities now, isn't mm. it, in schools that are kind of associated with mental illness, self-harm, marginalisation, mm. not kind of fitting in with, you know, it's all that kind of stuff, isn't it, the way we kind of other people and classify them I've for got not some, following the mainstream. Some
1: mm. questions from Dave, obviously. Fantastic Dave is in the mm. background today. Um Doing, doing bits and bobs, but he's put some questions out. A few, are you okay to answer them if I read them out? Yeah, lovely. His first voice point was to say um, he wouldn't have necessarily thought of nerd being related to heavy metal. Um, but he was saying, is there any issues with organisations, you know, kind of like health organisations, I guess, in particular, not wanting to encourage it? Is it seen as antisocial? Is it seen as something which maybe mainstream services are a bit shy of?
3: Um, <laughs> there's been a <laughs> couple of examples of struggles, I would say, where just I think, I think people get it or they don't. Yeah. You know, and there, there, there's something about that and um one of the things that I've discovered is that there are metalheads everywhere <laughs> so okay. yeah, I, I can't so tell you how many times I've we are among somebody. you, yes, you yes, absolutely. Know it. Absolutely. I've contacted somebody about a blog I thought Yo, you know this you know this probably isn't going to be you know their thing or whatever and I'll have got something back and someone said, well actually you know I love Black Sabbath you know whatever it is mm. um so you know when people do get it I feel as if they really connect with it and then you know they're really they're really interested in it but I think Mm. we accept that maybe not everyone is going to feel is going to feel like that I think Mm. probably in some ways the thing that's more difficult around like let's say mainstream mental health services is that um because we've come from that kind of like peer support and um like Mm. uh privilege and lived experience position Mm. um that in some ways is actually more difficult than um the metal bit Mm, okay because obviously you know a lot of services don't work like that and that's still that is still a fairly you know marginalized idea isn't it and in in services
1: well getting people paid and respected all the kind of stuff that you need to do with co-production so that's interesting actually and he's also got another couple of questions what's a good gateway artist I don't know if that's actually the term I would use but yes (laughs) so if you want to start experiencing heavy metal and are there any artists in particular have talked about mental health and what have they said
3: yeah, good question. Punk <laughs> is the good gateway know. to metal. It just is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all a gateway.
3: <laughs> Punk is my gateway to metal. So I don't know if Angela might have other ideas about but I'm older than
2: you, so like my, my gateway to metal was like what is now termed as classic rock.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't it life?
2: <laughs> Any anything, anything could be a gateway. I, yeah what's oh, a good I can't I can't answer what's a good gateway to metal band?
1: Now maybe we can put it as a question for anyone to join yeah. in. On. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Them. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, there's definitely something about um people tend to well, apparently your music taste is like almost fully not fully formed, but it's it's very influenced by what you liked when you were like 12, 13, 14, yeah. that sort of thing. Definitely. Um so mm-hmm. when I was 12, 13 or 14, it was like new metal, yeah. um, which was you know, was around in that that period. So mm-hmm. I can remember things like, you know, getting really into slip knot and Mm. dare I say Limp biscuit and thing, things like that like, they you do like, not dare yeah I know. <laughs> they were like that dare not rap speak. metal was my gateway into, into metal mm. um but now obviously it's, it's different there's a lot of metal car and other things um other things that are out there mm. um I do think that the very extreme stuff is an acquired taste um and now I can listen to things that um probably when I was younger and I thought oh no that just sounds very old that's just noise uh, mm. whereas I've kind of tuned into it now and and, and yeah, really, really
1: enjoy it. But surely that must be the same with classical music, doesn't it? People will yeah. start with something that's a bit more generic, something, and then wander into something that just gives them pleasure. I mean, that's what should happen.
2: Yeah, this yeah. that many like different areas of metal that hmm. you can't? I can't pick a gateway because you might go, right, well, you might like that and then you might like some metal but you might hear something and go, well, I don't like that. But then, you mm-hmm. know, there's eight other genres of metal that you might go, yeah. Do
1: you have like, um, like like Spotify
2: links that. or anything on
1: your website?
2: Yes.
3: Yeah, so if you go to heavymetalthorapy.co.uk forward slash playlist um, all of our playlists are um, That's the available awesome. on Spotify, YouTube, uh, I, uh, Apple Music, Deezer, <gasps> what is the other one? Amazon. know. Yeah
1: there you go william really so there, there you are dave that's what you want to be doing <laughs>
3: getting yourself yeah. onto those playlists and getting so yeah for like literally like every well maybe not every single emotional experience you can imagine but pretty much there's a pretty wide yeah. like spectrum of like, things yeah yeah, yeah. and they're um, kind of i don't know co produced if you want to say that or
2: hmm. i don't know how you'd
3: say it but um, the community kind of come up with those hmm. things so I'll say you know uh, can we're going to build a playlist on low mood hmm. and We'll get like you know fifty or whatever suggestions. So the Angle playlist is like over eight oh, hours yeah. long. No, mm. oh, I like because you might you imagine trying to select angry heavy metal.
1: Yeah. Mm. So um, his other question was: Are there any um, artists that talk particularly about mental health mm. or well-being?
3: Loads, and actually. um there's almost there's almost too many to say. Yeah,
2: Their two album's really good. that talked about mental health. Uh,
3: a lot of metalcore artists are now yeah. are very um, very mental health orientated. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they, I, either
2: they talk about, or they have lyrics, and but or the, they also might you know do stuff and and talk about mental health in in other ways. Like this um oh is it Gobsmack? He's the
3: guy that does the Scar- oh the scars foundation. Sully Ernest uh, no, I I probably said his name wrong. I'm sorry. However you pronounce it. Sully, I'm pretty sure about it. <laughs>
2: um there's the Howard from um Oh you know, but a long Bad ba- not bad wolves, no. No. He was lead singer for the second lead singer of um Kill Searching okay. Goes who kills speech engage yeah so how he yeah he's um he's had quite a lot of mental health problems in, it people in talking health?
1: about their he's own still...
2: experiences or yeah he's too... talking yeah about that like, you know how it kind of because that came he sort of talked about how that mm, led to him stopping as the singer mm. just kind of mm. and stuff and he didn't realize at the time that what was going on mm. later on yeah so you know people talk you know share their own kind of experiences which is really good as well you know that gives other people kind of a bit normalization about you know the sound to me yeah yeah there's loads there's quite a lot of bands that talk about mental health in Mm -hmm. them or and out of kind of the songs
1: i think the other thing that that vanessa and i were thinking about was about kind of anger we were talking about that before we got started
3: yeah Well, you might say that anger could be the kind of master emotion if you think about heavy metal. So that's probably Mm. the the thing that is the biggest, Mm. like, theme, let's say.
1: It seems to be something that people in society are very frightened of. So how how does it play out in terms of you, uh, of of the people maybe in in your group, talking about or managing anger or experiencing anger and and using music? How does that work?
3: So um, the biggest narratives that we get about anger is that people say that listening to angry music calms them down mm. um which might be a kind of um I suppose it's it's not intuitive is it but that but that's you know what what they say and I assume it is this like again this idea that you know you turn towards something you work through it, it reflects and validates yeah. what you're feeling about something um and that's helpful mm. Um, and mm. in some ways, maybe, you know, helps people to engage with that in a way that's less destructive. You know, as I suppose, we you know we think a lot about bottled up anger. What happens if you don't do anything with your, with anger? Mm. Maybe it does, you know, it helps you do something with it. Yeah. Gives you that
2: forum for releasing it in a way, you know, screaming along to the lyrics or like, you know, like I said, you know, jumping up and down. Yeah. Whatever, that kind of mm. way to release it in a way that's safe.
3: Yeah. But anger is quite taboo still in our society, isn't it? There's, there's still something about anger and, um, mm. you know, I suppose the therapist they come across this idea of like, you know, gosh, how do we con- contain and control anger? It feels like something's mm. got to be passed yeah. up. Um, so there's still a lot, of, I think there's still a lot of fear about, you know, anger, working with anger, what it's like to be angry. Mm.
1: Yeah. It gives us space to be angry as well. I mean, mm. I would guess for women, because from a very sort of early age, sort of women's anger is seen very differently to men's anger Mm -hmm. it's it's classified completely differently isn't it yeah the language that's used about of angry women sort of shrill and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. When you say the angry young man is a kind of like a kind of sexy stereotype isn't it whereas
0: nobody wants to hear an angry woman it's all very upsetting for them yeah (laughs) and there's that perception that women internalize their anger whereas men are more you know more likely to externalize it and let it all out kind of physically through mm. exercise or whatever mm.
3: yeah I guess this turns that on its head as well mm. um yeah and we, we've been privileged to work with some so people send us stuff um all the time or you know they've agreed to kind of get involved with stuff. we've been privileged to get involved with a lot of um you know female artists who are mm. you know in the in the metal scene or you know female fans of Mel who like a, you know in the mosh pits and all that all of that yeah. stuff mm. um so yeah I mean again there was some some of the research about um like women in metal sort of in the early days suggested that a lot of it was to do with like groupies and following like male metal heads and things like that but that's not that's not been kind of our experience of it in the the communities that you know a lot of women engage with engage with this stuff
0: yeah that's very quite sexist as well really isn't it as a kind of explanation of why women would engage with their you know yeah yeah yeah, you wouldn't apply that explanation to men would you at all following you know artists where there was a female vocalist you'd be you know be accepted that men like the music because they like the music but if women like the music it's because they're idolizing the musician Mm. yeah it's interesting Mm. yeah so have we shared so you've got a website as well, haven't you? If we, we'll share the link. Um, yep, we've done all Twitter.
1: that. Share the link and also to the crowdfunding yeah. page as well. Yeah. That's quite a useful
2: thing.
0: Yeah, tell us a little bit about the crowdfunding. So.
2: Um, I told Not Boss that um, we should get some bits, which um, Kate said eventually yes to because you know just like me just a bit you know we don't want to ask people for money mm. about
0: doing that.
2: but on the other hand yeah. we um kate came up with this idea kate really wanted a squishy brain
3: hmm. a stress ball that's like a brain yeah. Okay. yeah she wanted a squishy brain she wanted a
2: stress ball that was right. like a brain so kate came up with the idea that she really wanted a stress ball that was like a brain um so we kind of like i don't, puts us together about you know how do we how do we essentially have some 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 things because we always yeah, say that you yeah. know, we're talking about like t-shirts and whatever we call them all, we want all the things in a, in an ideal world we'd like we'd like all the things to, to give out stuff. Um, so we talked about things like um you know pens and whatever so that when uh, or, or if we're kind of lucky enough to be invited to um, some festivals or other places um, like talks and some a couple of conferences that me and kate have been to that we can give out some promotional things so yeah. i um sort of slightly snuck behind not boss's back and did a google about companies that would provide um said materials um, with our logo on
3: mm-hmm. and,
2: and came up with a a, a quote and mm-hmm. we looked at the quote and unfortunately said well that's nice but we we need a bit of money mm. which you know
3: we
2: kind of went back and forth on about yeah. It's
3: difficult because we it, this thing never started as being about money. Yeah, and um, about money. I suppose selling it, stuff. It's grown in a way that we maybe didn't anticipate. And mm. um now we're a sort of like you know not for profit or whatever um mm. community interest yeah. company. Um that enables us to do some stuff that um we hope would be a benefit, like wider benefits to the metal mm. community um but there are some you know inevitable expenses and things like that so for example we think it's great health promotion to be able to have things that um you know let more people know about us for example mm. um but yeah we don't we, we need to sort of be able to kind of pay for those things so it, it's a bit it's a bit uncomfortable but um we're getting you we're getting our head around it are so again bear in mind we started off the Facebook group and this is like expanded way beyond uh way beyond that.
1: Mm. Yeah. But I think a lot of people who get involved in kind of me- sort of passion projects around mental health face exactly the same problems that you guys are going mm. through. And it's really interesting to talk about it. So as I was saying, oh, like anger is the taboo, actually, money is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Who's got it? How do you get it? Can people afford the thing that you need that they most need to have? How do you move? How do you yeah. sort of like access funding? It's always such a, yeah. a big mess.
0: Yeah.
3: I think you know, kind of we're a bit of a mixture of people with lived experience people with mental yeah. health profession backgrounds whatever but most of us are pretty grounded in the idea of the NHS and like things that should be free
0: yeah <laughs> at yeah, the point absolutely. of delivery
3: and that's mm. pr- and I think that's um kind of got quite ingrained into us and the idea of like even the idea of like some metal like a lot of metal bands being really c- commercial and you know all of that stuff even that's a little bit difficult or it's something that's you know we've kind of thought about navigating and you know, not everyone can afford to go to gigs and everyone can afford band merch whatever it is mm. and I suppose at the very least all of our resources um most of which are kind of like downloadable and stuff like that as long as you've got the internet yeah free. yeah but yeah
1: I mean it's really impressive looking at the kind even looking at the sort of website with the resources you've got there with um Mm -hmm. the the interviews that you've done with people the kind of discussions you're holding a space for even if somebody is like you know really uh, far away in some village somewhere they'll be able to just contact and know that somebody else is out there who cares about the same things that they do and that's massive I think
3: there's a a lot of stuff about metal being quite an imagined community so um Hmm it's it's quite possible to identify as a metalhead be part of the metal scene feel like you can engage in the metal scene and not um necessarily even know another metalhead <laughs> mm. so like personally not like mm. having having met once so, so mm. there's because it exists online and because yeah. you know a lot of young people kind of have lives online and I think yeah through a lockdown actually this was this was quite a, a big thing thing for us mm-hmm. um it doesn't necessarily matter if you're you know you're not going to all the gigs and meeting up with you friends mm. in person there's mm. there's this this yeah. sense that you can get that sense of community even from yeah from the online so I don't think it's the same quite the same as, as mm. and you know I'd hope that there's space for in-person stuff as well but um mm. the, yeah there's, there's, def, there's definitely some people who you know their engagement is predominantly online mm. with, other metal, with other metal people mm. yeah it makes yeah.
1: sense so where are you heading to next then? because the stuff you doing mm. like, is really impressive so what's for, what's next for
3: you guys? Well, it's has been a bit organic, so we're hoping it just carries on. Um, carries on uh, like organic, we're making this up as we go along. No, totally. A little <laughs> from
2: column A and a little from column B. You know, there's
0: nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
2: okay, I
0: get that. Makes
3: sense. I have a chaos wall at home, which basically is like a collection of multicolored post-it notes of all the different like plans that, that mm-hmm. may or may not happen. I mean, with Heavy Metal Therapy said, um, like we launched a podcast, that, oh, well, it's like a bit like a radio show. That's quite, quite exciting. We've got a couple of mm-hmm. people who are getting you know much more invested in research stuff you know like doing their research projects and these these things so we're growing all of that mm. um that as well um so yeah we you know we love to come to festivals go places um you know have presence physical presence at places as well um possibly even um some people have expressed that they'd like to set up you know like peer support type groups which probably won't be you know, run by us but you know we might kind of yeah um, support in some way so um yeah a lot of a lot of exciting things we are starting to get close
1: to the end actually but now questions are coming in which is always it's always the way right. <laughs> yeah it happens every time doesn't it so Shamela, uh, shimella thank you very much for joining us have you thought about becoming a social enterprise national lottery fund a lot of le led work um mm-hmm. joining late don't worry you can watch it later
3: so, yeah, so we are we are a CIC, which is a bit like a social enterprise, um, but that's very new to us. Um so we're still kind of exploring how we how we navigate that. So we are from predominantly clinical backgrounds. I don't know anything about, you know, applying for a grant or anything like that. So we're kind of getting our head around that that bit. Um but yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the way that we've decided to to, to go. It
1: makes sense. It makes sense. Is there anything that you guys want to bring up that we haven't asked you? Tricky question, isn't it? It's like in an interview when people say, Tell us about the your your weaknesses and they're like that.
3: What? You're supposed to say perfectionism, aren't you? I think in that question. You're
2: supposed to say that. Well I say biscuits,
3: that's my weakness. Biscuits.
2: Especially the okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. caramel. chocolate one.
1: That's good. Is that the thing that we didn't ask you that you wanted to mention as
2: well? <laughs>
1: biscuits. <laughs> A love of caramel biscuits.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if you join our can- so we've got like a private Facebook group, if you join us the entry question is what is your favourite biscuit? And we won't let you in unless you tell us what it is. Cold <laughs> huh?
1: And I and the one of the few prejudices I openly admit to in life is people who love rich tea biscuits, just can't trust them. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Mark my, my words, people. It's not a trustworthy type. <laughs> yeah. I feel as ever, we are digressing, but I think for our hundredth episode, that appropriate. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, but what's your favourite biscuit
0: before we finish up? Mine. Sure. I was just thinking about that, and i was thinking I do like the witch tea, but it's not my favourite. I think ginger, ginger biscuits would be my go-to,
3: really. Um, obviously, good dunk on a ginger biscuit, isn't it? They're quite solid, so they retain. Yeah. A good, good <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, you just
1: heard that bing? It was on my phone going off with um, David just just writing Jaffa cake. <laughs> But i oh, not yeah. to go into whether Java, Java cakes
3: edged out of it or not.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I think just biscuits full stop are nice, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> of any kind. Yeah. I like the fact that most animated
1: we've all been is actually in this last five minutes. <laughs> Makes me feel that there's hope for the human race. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, Maybe we need a session on biscuits next. <laughs> <Okay>.
3: <laughs> that's when I knew the NHS was in trouble when they yeah. took
0: biscuits. So, yeah. So.
3: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you know, this whole project has essentially been kind of a little bit of extreme music, which you might even think of as cool. A lot of sort of middle-aged nerding, and quite a bit of like sort of British humour, sort of like British and Yorkshire humour. So you know, yeah. things are very important. You do know that Yorkshire technically is part of Britain, right? <laughs> yeah, but specifically Yorkshire. So we have oh, like very, got this, like, very uh, technically. <laughs> Um, somebody designed this thing to berate which is like in a sort of like uh, metal logo thing which is, that's gone around quite a bit and yeah a lot of people <laughs> like that I love that
1: so um is there anything that you, you want to like a message you want to leave people with or yeah. an action they could do before
3: we finish um, I would say and I'll let you do one Angela in a minute but uh, I would say um, if you know a person that likes heavy metal or you're an, a, an enthusiast yourself of heavy metal please have a look at some of the stuff that we've got because it is quite a you know comprehensive resource now Mm. Um, yeah good for the metalhead in your life and we've
0: shared the links on twitter and facebook haven't we for people who want to find out and what's the facebook
3: group called if people want to Um, so it is just forward slash heavy metal therapy uh, for the facebook page but the group itself is called the metal health mosh pit right
0: great nice one yeah, well we shared that, haven't we, Nikki? Yeah, so, there's a
3: couple of yeah. people are watching
1: um directly on um Facebook's so thing go straight there from here. Oh,
0: brilliant. There. That's yeah.
1: great. Yeah. Angela, was there any sort of thing you wanted to to talk about before we finish up? Um
2: just that well, that's kind of leading into the 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 other Facebook page that you know you you might have, you know, this this idea that metal is, you know, very scary and the mm. people are scary and stuff, but we obviously met Kate and I we're not you know yeah. for the community there's lots of different genres you might have heard some sort of metal and gone no that's not for me you know if, if you like you know you might want to yeah. give it another go uh, and for the mosh pit, especially if you are a fan of memes yeah metal love memes. mental health a little bit of horror you know film kind of that's that's probably going to be where you might want to you know that would be our gateway i would suggest you know, giving that a yeah. go
3: yeah. I mean, we do a good line in what is called dark wellness. So, like, mm-hmm. um, a lot of this, we've done quite a lot of reflections over, over the years on this idea that maybe not everybody is attracted to that very um, kind of positive, positive mental attitude, kind of encouragement, you know, have a cup of tea, mm-hmm. have a bath, listen to some nice relaxing music.
2: Mm-hmm. And then that
3: that's, that's the be-all and end-all of kind of well-being yeah. interventions. Um, yeah. So, like, I wrote something in an asylum magazine called Die Cry Hate, mm-hmm. which is the, an, the opposite of live, laugh, love. Um, <laughs> we have quite a lot of that stuff that we kind of share on the. This
2: is my uh, new so we have, philosophy. We have, we
3: have Wellness <laughs> Wednesday, which
2: is. Yes, well, yeah. Which is wellness Wednesday, where a,
3: wellness but,
1: yeah, usually come up with. There those. is something weirdly oppressive, though, about having to be cheerful all the time. Because yeah. oh. sadness, sadness yeah, makes people down, uncomfortable. It's yeah. cheerfulness.
3: Yeah. It's not, positive yeah exactly. it's not
1: real,
3: is it? No. Yeah.
1: No. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Light and
2: shade. I think that's what you've brought exactly. to the table. Mm-hmm. Fabulous people. So yeah, an, an avid fan of you know searching things like Instagram and, and the, the wonderful accounts that there are on there and going, oh that's a very nice wellness Wednesday kind of anti let's all sit in the field kind of thing. I mean that's useful for some people, yeah, but you know for others it's like no I'm I'm sick of the plinkety plunkety little symboli music. Yeah. And, yeah so avid mm-hmm. fan of finding some some, uh, some means for that. I think it's very important to have different options
1: for people isn't it? and then I think yeah very 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 excited and happy to see that this work's going on it's really encouraging that people with passion are talking passionately about mental health and well-being mm. and, you know being a bit real about it it's really yeah. exciting so um if anyone is um watching and has the opportunity to go and look at the resources that we've tweeted out please please do this is um it's very different from your usual kind of mental health music therapy yeah. type work but very exciting so, yeah very
0: yeah, yeah. I was, um, I was just thinking. I was listening to a podcast earlier, and then um, the DJ on it, who had gone through his own sort of mental health and substance misuse issues, was saying that he used to think music was something you listen to, and now he sees music as a feeling. And um, and I think that really links into what you've been talking about tonight quite nicely, actually. I mean, he was talking about dance music, but as mm. Nikki says, is that there are kind of parallels between the two cultures, aren't there? So. Yeah. yeah that's it's a my good one to finish on that is i think yeah <laughs> yeah thank you both it's been really interesting yeah and um if you're watching you know do go and check out the links and get involved as well
1: absolutely Thanks for having
2: us on your 100th
3: episode thank you on the 100th episode.
2: um apologies for the the lack of corpse paint um we will next time uh, should you you know edit. next time
0: yeah we'd love to have time.
2: you back so yeah yeah we would
0: you're welcome anytime yeah oh, bring the biscuits next time <laughs>
1: <laughs> have a taste off
0: we'll have a virtual <laughs> biscuit party yeah
1: <laughs> do you know what that's a way better idea than anything else i've had to, <laughs> yeah. today
0: so thank you very much everybody thank and you. Wish you all a good
1: night and thank you very much for your support
0: take thank care you. good night bye Bye-bye. bye bye, bye.